0: So what's it like being back on campus?
1: Man, I can't believe it's been 24 years. 24 years ago, man, I was a freshman here in 1995. Were you even born yet? Like three or four years old, probably? Man, <laughs> man, we could have passed each other at Walmart. Didn't even know each other back then. Now, man, it's just so surreal. You know, it's been four and a half years. Some people do it four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it in four and a half years, man, my life here, but I never thought it would come home. So originally, you're not from here, though, right? No, originally from Pike County, over at Belfry, Kentucky. And I uh, came here, my oldest sister, was in college here, so I came here. But really, honestly, my roommate I knew, he's a year ahead of me, and I wasn't going to come to college unless I room with somebody I knew. Yeah. And so I knew him, and he was able to work it out, because he was an upper you know, um, classman, and he was able to work it out where I could get in and, and room with him. Plus, yeah, you know, I got a little bit of scholarship money. So yeah, you gotta the money, helps, you gotta the money.
0: So what's it like being back at uh, Laughlin here? I heard you used to tear up the gym man, here back in the Man, this day. is
1: home. Like this, this is what I majored in. This is probably why my GPA was low, but this <laughs> is what I majored in, man. I like lived in this building like 24-7. This is it a dorm or right here? Or resident hall, sorry, yeah. but, or right here, man. This is home for me.
0: Lots of basketball
1: here. Lots of basketball. <laughs>
0: All right, so you get here on campus, tell us a little bit about um, uh, Vinny D, as they called him back in the day. Tell tell us a little bit about him, those first few years of uh, college
1: campus life. Man, you know, I I was a typical college student, man, you know, I came here again in 95 and, you know, really honestly lived in the gym, just basketball, you know, I was around the party scene, Uh, I really wasn't into the drinking or the drugs, I was around it, but that just really wasn't, you know, my thing. but man, the first two years of college, is a typical college student, you get up and go to class, make it to the gym, try to hurry and get there as fast as you can, stay there till they close, they kick you out, go play some video games, and you go to bed and you try to get up and go back to class the next day. But, you know, it was the summer of 97, actually, it's going in to be my junior year in college. Two big things happened in my life uh, that really just opened my eyes. And I had to make a decision. I was either going to drop out of college and start a business with one of my friends, or be the second one in my family to ever graduate college, yeah. and so I chose to come back here, and start that fall of '97 back as a you know a junior to, you know pursue that degree man and finish that, finish college and this I did it I completed it.
0: So was was the business the uh, the car thing? you really into that for a while, right? It was. I think was everyone the, needs to know. I was about in this. the
1: car scene. Okay, yeah, we was in the car scene. <laughs> you know we we were all about import cars not domestics yeah. all about imports we just like sold nitrous kids turbo kits. you know we went from west palm beach florida all the way up to baltimore maryland just racing and uh and that was a scene for a while but yeah. hey you're 19 years old man you know what are, <laughs> what are you, you going to do you just fast fast cars and play basketball right
0: but you ended up coming back to campus instead of, instead of uh doing that then right
1: yeah two big actually two big things happened that summer and one was a serious accident oh. uh, with my friend I was going to be a business partner i was actually a business partner at the time and Another incident happened, just really shook me. Yeah. And it opened my eyes, going, wait a second, it's got to be the more to life than what's going on right now. And so it really started making me think you know, my life, what's next, this lifestyle I was living. Um, and it really just challenged me to either pursue that or come back to buckle down and do good in school. And so I decided to come back to college. up on some of the dorms here. Where'd you live while you are on campus? Man, I spent my four years in Cooper Hall. All right, all I can't right. believe they still have that building up, man. I mean, they tear all these buildings down, but that was awesome.
0: It's right next to the new ones going up. Oh so my goodness, crazy. you
1: see how beautiful these new buildings are? I mean, this campus is unbelievable. It's a great university. And do you see the gym, the new gym? Man, we had Laughlin, man. Look at that thing. <laughs> You'd have tore it up in there. Oh, I don't know if i tore it up, but they would have <laughs> called the police to come get me out of that place. Because I'd have been there all night playing. Right, so we're back here
0: at Cooper Hall. You lived here for four Cooper years with Robbie. Still here. Still, still standing. Here. I know uh, Robbie played a, a big role in your life and in your faith. And so tell us a little bit about um, what your guys' friendship looked like and uh, how he impacted your life.
1: Well, I didn't know how it all was gonna work out. You know, when we came to college, you know, Robbie's a Christian and I wasn't a Christian and his mom and dad did not want him rooming with me. <laughs> I mean, he did not. They said, listen, son, you're light and he's dark, you're saved, he's not saved. And they said, we don't want you rooming with Vinny. And he said, Mom, he he told me this later, he said, Mom, I really feel like God wants me to room with this guy, so I'm gonna room with him. And you know, for the first two years of college, Robbie, man, he put it with my filthy mouth, my filthy music, my filthy lifestyle, and he didn't try to move out on me. He didn't try to kick me out of his dorm room. He just kept saying, hey, you wanna go to church with me? Hey, how can I be praying for you? And man, Robbie was just such a, you know, just a great example of me as a straight A student, loved the Lord but he had just as much as fun as me. Yeah, and I yeah. just couldn't understand that because I thought if you're a Christian, you can't have fun, right? Yeah, You know, and then the summer of 97 came and again, there's a couple accidents and things that happened that summer that really shook my mindset about just life and what is, there, what is life and I need to grow up mm-hmm. um, or i am end up in jail or dead <laughs> or something. You know, I need to do something with my life. And so I decided to come back here uh, to, to Morris State University, my junior year and started the fall of 97, just right back into the scene. And then one morning, I'll never forget, it was September 2nd, 1997, I woke up and I said, man, i got to get my life straight. And I didn't know where to go, and so I thought, man, I'll go down to the Baptist Campus Ministry. Surely there's some good girls down there, right? The Campus Ministry and the Library, right? You're going to find good girls at one of those two places. (laughs) And I I went down to the BCM that night, I never forget, I showed up at 9 o'clock, I had my hat on, I pulled my hat down so nobody can see me, and someone looked like Jerry Springer named Gene Parr was up there. (laughs) And he's talking this, you know, about how much God loves you and God can forgive you. And I'm telling you, man, at that very moment, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. i never forget, i walked down the steps at the BCM, walked back here to Cooper Hall. I walked into my dorm room. It was 212. I'll never forget it. I shut the door and I locked it. And I began to pace back and forth. And at the time, I didn't know what it was. But the enemy just kept saying, you can't do this. Remember your eighth grade year, you walked an aisle, you said a yeah. prayer, you were baptized. Hey, remember your senior year, you walked an aisle, you said a prayer and you were baptized, but man, you can't live this life. And the only thing I knew about church was you confess your sins. That's all I knew if you wanted to be saved. So I hit my knees in my dorm room and I'll never forget, i prayed this, God, I want what Robbie has. For two years, I seen him live for you and whatever he has, I want that. Mm -hmm. And man, I just confessed everything I knew to confess. I mean, you would have heard the diary of Daniel Lucas that night. Mm -hmm. And I never forget, I got up and I felt this huge weight come off of me and, and I was wiping my eyes cause I was crying and Robbie comes in and he goes, Vinny, man, what's, what's up man? What's wrong? Something's, something's different. I said, Robbie, you ain't gonna believe this man. But I just gave my life to the Lord man. I, I just gave my life to the Lord I just got saved. And he was like, what? So he picks up the phone and he calls his mom and says, take Vinny off the prayer chain. He just got saved. I said, what's a prayer chain? You know, I had no idea yeah, yeah. what that was, but yeah, he played a massive role in my life and, and just showing me who the Lord was.
0: That's amazing! I love the story. It's so incredible every time. Every time I hear you tell it.
1: All right, here it is. Two twelve. This 212. is Two twelve. Open it up. Cooper Hall two twelve. Man, here
0: we go. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Bringing back memories.
1: Lots of memories.
0: All right, so here we are. Cooper Hall two
1: twelve. And it's still here
0: in literally your dorm room. This is crazy, this is is really cool. This is really cool. So uh, talk us through that moment a little bit.
1: Man, I walked in here. Yeah. I'll never forget, I walked right over here, and I just begin to pace. Of course, you only could take two steps. You you heard me share that. Yeah. And I finally, man, it was right here was my bed, and I just tipped my knees right here, literally. I just went like this. And I just cried out to the Lord, man. can't believe it, can't, can't believe it, man. Radically changed my life. How am I going? <laughs> I mean, dude, man, it's just, you still do
0: That's
1: crazy, man. I mean, man, you just don't know where I come from, man. I mean, just, I mean, it's this moment that when you never forget. Like, you never get over the cross. Because, I mean, it's like all the weight and the burden and just the sin, man, is just gone. And I'll never forget it as long as I live. I gotta take a couple pictures in here. Oh, yeah. To Robbie. He'll love it. You won't believe I'm in here.
0: So we're sitting here in the BCM. This is where you were that night. Um, you came for that service. Um, you go back to your dorm room. Have this, you know, crazy moment where. Uh, you give your life to Jesus, and now you're kind of back starting to get involved in the BCM. Talk to us a little bit about what that was like kind of uh, after that after that moment. You know, life changes kind of forever. This played a huge role in that. Mm-hmm. What was it like?
1: You know, uh, a couple of things the BCM really played a role in it. Uh, One was helping me grow as a Christian. You yeah. know, that, right after I gave my life to the Lord, I came here and I got to a Discipleship one-on-one program. And uh, the next semester I was leading the Discipleship one-on-one mm-hmm. program. And then I started going to the Bible study, became a Bible study leader. And so it played a role in really helping me grow and develop as a Christian. But the greatest thing that the BCM ever gave me was my wife. Hey, <laughs> I finally, I met Jesus first and my wife second. So the crazy thing is the very next week yeah. after I gave my life to the Lord, I was coming to BCM and I was walking up the steps and there she was, man, like an angel just floating down the steps. <laughs> and, and, I, and that's where I saw her for the very first time. And now, look, 22 years later, we've been married 20 years before kids. So uh, so I'm very grateful for this yeah, place. Oh yeah. uh, one, meet Jesus and two, meet my <laughs> wife. Yeah, it brings back a lot of memories. Man, right here's what it was, man. Right here's what happened. I came around the curve right here, and I walked up the steps, and there she stood, (laughs) and a beautiful, amazing angel. And I walked up the steps, and and I didn't even get my game face on. I couldn't even tell her my name. I said, hi, hi, hi." and she says, hi, my name's Lynn. I didn't even tell her my name. I didn't even tell her my name. And she goes, well, what's your name? And I said, Daniel, here it is, 20 years later. man. 20 years later.
0: All right, so you do your four, four and a half years, you know, whatever it was, you graduate. Um, how did you get back here to Moorhead and then eventually wind up planning Better Life Church here?
1: Well, you know, um, we left in December 1999. We moved back to my wife's hometown in Sarsville, Kentucky. And uh, we lived there, and I was a computer kind of guy. I was a network administrator. And, and I'll never forget, man, I was sitting in a, a wiring closet one day and I said, sure there's got to be more to life than this. Yeah. And um, I'll never forget that moment. And it was actually, I'll never forget, it was August the 6th, 2000. Almost one year of being married. Uh, the Lord kept me up all night long just speaking to me, speaking to me, speaking to me. And I didn't sleep none that night. I felt Him invite me, hey, I want to call you into into ministry. And I'll never forget, my wife got up, who was at a, a a meeting she was at. and. And I I looked at her, she she goes, have you been asleep? I said, no, and you're not gonna believe this. I said, God called me to ministry last night. And here's what she said. She says, you were too crazy to go into the ministry. (laughs) That's what she told me. And at that moment, I just started serving the Lord, looking for opportunities. And then I became a youth pastor at First Baptist Church, Paintsville in 2002. But it wasn't until the summer of 2004. Mm -hmm. And the summer of 2004, I'm sitting there in Paintsville, Uh, Kentucky and I had this moment where I met these two guys talked about church planning and they mentioned Moorhead yeah well when I graduated from Moorhead Lynn my wife she told me she said I think that someday we'll be back in Moorhead doing ministry and this was back in 99 but in 2004 when that came when that came about I sat there and thought oh my goodness man church planning Moorhead I didn't know you could start a church I thought only God starts churches right I mean (laughs) who starts a church I didn't know nothing about that And at that moment, man, my heart just kind of leaped for joy. It's like, man, this, this is it. This must be it. Now, fast forward to January 2007. I'm driving on this campus. I brought my wife here to a meeting. And as I was driving through campus, I dropped her off. February the 6th, 2007. And as I drove through the campus, all of a sudden, my heart, man, just broke for the campus and for the city. I mean, I pulled over and just began to weep. And i was like god what are you doing what's going on what's going on and so i called some people back in moorhead that i knew and some people around and said talk to me what's going on in moorhead and then i brought my wife back on february the 8th i mean just two days later drove right back through campus dropped her off for a meeting and the next thing man the lord broke my heart again And I said, Lord, what are you doing? What's going on? He said, now it's time for you to come to Moorhead. Now it's time for you to start Better Life Church. And so we got together, built a core team, and launched in January 2008. And man, here we are today, 11 years later.
0: Been kind of all over campus today. We uh, talked about your story a little bit, what God did into your Got life. Got to visit those, my room. We visited your room. That incredible. was incredible. Awesome. I loved that. That was definitely the highlight. And uh, tell us a little bit now, like looking back, kind of you know, recapping a little bit of your story, seeing what um, God's brought you through, and now thinking about where we are now with the church. Um, Eleven years into this thing, what what do you see happening in the future?
1: Well, you know, this is what's so fascinating is the power of one person. Mm -hmm. We are sitting here today I am sitting here today because someone took a chance and showed me Jesus. Yeah. Like they believed enough not to move out, not to leave, not to go somewhere else, not to kick me out, but to shoot, truly show me who Jesus is. And because of that, I'm here today. Yeah. And so think of the hundreds and the thousands of lives that have been impacted by somebody in Cooper Hall 212 that nobody even knows his name that called Robbie. Robbie Evans, <laughs> who impacted me. Yeah. So here's what the future makes me so excited about. Imagine the hundreds or thousands of people who call Better Life Church or Home Mm -hmm. Church. Think about that. If every one of them would take it serious about showing their family, their friends, their Mm -hmm. classmate, roommate, fraternity brothers, sorority sister, coaches, professors, who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. If one person Mm -hmm. can impact hundreds and thousands of people, could you imagine the impact of a thousand, two thousand people in this community and region? So what gets me real excited and the challenge is, is to really see people to live a life worthy of that calling. Like, I'm going to show you how I live, how I speak, how I act, who Jesus is. And when you got that many people yeah. in a small region, man, we could change the world. Absolutely, We can change this region that changes the world. So that's what gets me excited about the future.
0: Man, I love that. I love that idea that essentially there's, you know, over, over a thousand Robbies who can impact someone in a story just like, you know, yours that we just heard today. Um, and what that means, you know, for the for the future of that church. What would you say to somebody sitting here and like maybe so they have that person in their head, you know, they have a you in their mind and they're Robbie in a situation. What would you what would you tell them?
1: Well, everyone has a story. Yeah. You have a story, I have a story, everyone has a story. And I would challenge everyone to go and pack someone else's story. Mm. Because there'll be more stories to be told. There are yeah. thousands of people and thousands of stories out there that could yeah. be changed and can be impacted through your story. So I would challenge someone, you go be someone else's story yeah. and impact their story and so more stories can be told.
0: That's awesome. I love that. It's so good.
1: The power of one, one person, one story. And God has put people in your life for you to intercept their story, whether it's a family member, a spouse, a child or roommate, a classmate, God wants to use you to impact their story to continue on with the greatest story ever that Jesus came and he died and he got up out of the grave. God does not save you to take you to heaven. If the only reason why God saved you was to take you to heaven, he should have took you to heaven when he saved you. But he left you here so that you would continue to share his story that impacts other people's story. And I want you to think about the power of influence of one person and their life. You know, last night I text Robbie and I sent him the video. I said, hey man, watch this. I just wanna say thank you and I love you. And he watched it and he texted me back and this is so Robbie. I just want you to hear him. He's gonna get embarrassed about this, but it's okay, he'll watch this. But he sent me this, just to continue to hear his heart. He says, hey man, I love you. And that's awesome. You're really a brother and by far the best friend I could ever have. I miss you guys so much. And then here's what he says. Hey, you embarrass me a lot, laugh out loud. He's an introvert. You just got to know Robbie. He said, I didn't do anything. God did everything. And he brought us together. You just needed a tiny spark in your life. God always knew he had big, big things for you. And he would have brought whoever into your life to accomplish that. I'm sorry. My wife says I'm the girl in the relationship. So you just hang tight with me. He said, thanks though for never forgetting. You see, when I read that, that just tipped me. I said, that's what people need around us. They just need that spark. You know the person that you've given up on? You know the person that you think is so far from God? You know I'm talking about the coworker you want to jack slap tomorrow morning. You know I'm talking about, right? The friend at school that everyone stays away from because they think they're bad news. The person that you try to avoid all the time. Listen, God may want to use you to be that spark in their life. Everyone just needs that spark. And I'm telling you, listen, we kicked off this series talking about you've been sent to go. Now go share your story. But listen, here's what I want to tell you. Go live your story. People watch you at work, on the court, at Walmart, at Cracker Barrel, in your dorm room, anywhere you go. People watch you. They watch your attitude. They listen to your words. They look at your body language and they watch you. Go live your story. Go be part of his story as you live it out for the gospel. And this week coming up, I know we're getting ready to celebrate Easter. He he came and he died and he got up out of the grave. And Barner Research says this, 85% of the people who are invited to church on Easter weekend will go, 85%. And there's people in your life waiting for you to say, come with me. I will sit with you. I will pick you up. Listen, we have five opportunities at the Moorhead campus, four opportunities at the Grayson campus for people to show up. So let's go be the church that God's called us to be. Let's go let them know that the cross does equal love and how he's changed your life. Don't underestimate the power and the influence of your story. Because just as one person who impacted me And now how God has used this church to impact you through someone you didn't even know. You could be that to somebody else. If you will see everybody you come in contact with, I believe God's got a great plan for their life. I believe God's got a big purpose for their life. And maybe God wants to use me in some form or fashion to be the tiny spark that they need from an invitation, from an action, from a word of encouragement, from a comfort of how I live my life as a listener just to listen to them. So let's go be the church that God has called us to be, man. This is Super Bowl Sunday coming up and we get the opportunity to partner with Him as we continue to share the gospel to the rest of the world. I'm going to ask if you would just for a moment to bow your heads. And just in a moment, we're going to take communion together and celebrate As a family that jesus came and he died and he got up out of the grave at the Grayson campus your campus pastor zach's going to come out just in a moment here at moorhead our student pastor jacob's going to come out and lead us in communion there's a couple things i want you to know about communion one is for the family of god those who put their faith and trust in jesus so if you're here and you're just checking the god thing out and you know you don't know yet intellectually you may believe about him but you never received him in your heart and just in a moment when the when we take up communion just just Kind of hang out and chill for just a moment, because communion is for those who've been who have given their life to Jesus. And if you've given your life to Jesus right now, what I'd ask you to do is ask the Lord to search your heart to see if there's anything between you and Him before we celebrate communion together, family. So your heart would be right before Him. And if He shows you something in your life, just confess it. He said, "If you'll confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive you. Just confess it. Get your heart right for the Lord." But as a preacher of the gospel, i got to give you an opportunity to respond. So maybe you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus or you're watching online or you're at our gracing campus. You know, what a great day that God appointed you, woke you up, gave you breath, brought you to this place to let you know how much He loves you and that He wants to change your story that changes other people's story. And just like that night, or actually that night at Cooper Hall 212 when I gave my life to Jesus and the burden and the sin and the muck and the mire he pulled me out of changed me. Man, what a great opportunity today for you to give your life to him. And here's what you do. You just crowd to the Lord. Saying a prayer won't save you, but I promise you your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And it's a day if your heart declares that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is Lord whether you declare him as Lord. But if you would declare him as Lord today, the Bible said if you would confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you give your life to Jesus today? Just pray with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. Today, and I confess my sins to you. I turn from my life for my sins and I turn to you. Now use my story to impact other stories around me. And then, if that's you and you pray with me, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Welcome to the family of God. we love for you to celebrate communion today as you give your life to Jesus. But before we do that, I just want to pray for you. At both of our campuses, I just want to pray for you. If you would be so bold to say, man, today, God has spoken through the unbelievable team members. God has spoken through the worship today that we are no longer slave to fear. God has spoken through the story and the testimony. God has spoken through his word. Would you be so bold just to say, Pastor, God spoke to me today. And I cried out to the Lord and gave my life to Jesus today. Would you be so bold just to raise your hand and say, Pastor, we'll let you know today I gave my life to Jesus and he changed my story? Awesome. Anybody else? Come on. Anybody else? This is awesome. Awesome. We welcome you to take communion with us if you're visiting also as well from another church. We welcome you to celebrate that the Lord's death, burial, and resurrection. that he's coming back. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, and as I pray, just in a moment, your campus pastor and our student pastor is going to come out and lead us in communion together. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that's new every day. Thank you that you want to use our, our stories to connect with your story that changes other people's story. And God, we thank you for salvation has visited a house today that people have given their life to you. So God, we thank you so much for doing what only you can do that save people and change their life. Father, we're about to go into a season of non-opportunities at Better Life Church this weekend coming where people to hear the gospel and how the cross equals love in their life. I pray that we will be the church to go after them, that we will be the church to reach people and bring people so they can hear the life-changing message so they can experience abundant life, a full life, a better life. And Father, now as we're about to celebrate the death and the burial and the resurrection of your son and that he is coming back for us, I pray that our hearts will be pure, that our hearts will be right before you as we remember what you have done for us. We love you, Jesus, for it's your name we ask and we pray. And everybody said.
0: Thanks for joining us online today. If we watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start calling Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you'd like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church slash give now. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.